Hey, welcome to the Holsey Mount Show, and today I'm talking to Barry Gaunt. I hope I got that right. I probably got it wrong, but hey ho, you'll probably tell me off in a minute. Okay, Barry Gaunt, aka Bear, the, the, the KY truth seeker, as he is better known to many, has been researching and investigating with all, within all paranormal fields since 1976. He's had the Pleasure to work with many different paranormal organizations throughout the years and has worked with many of the leaders in the paranormal communities, both past and present. He's a staunch supporter of unity, sharing and working with others throughout the paranormal communities. As a paranormal researcher and investigator, he's highly respected by his peers for his scientific boots on the ground investigation skills style and for his constant dedication to truth. He is also known as Paranormal Lecturer on topics of UFOs, abductions, strange creatures. Spirit activity has been featured on radio, TV, documentary films and newspaper articles. Barry currently serves as a Managing Director of the renowned Night Stalkers Paranormal Research Team, which investigates and hauntings, UFO reports, alien abductions and strange creature reports on a case-to-case basis. His nine soccer team are scientific-minded, but have always kept an eye, striving to find the truth, looking for the key to unlock the mysteries of the world we live in, while sharing their findings with others to hopefully better humanity and perhaps answer humanity's oldest question, what happens next? Are we alone? Barry is a co-host of the blog show Into the Fire, on Blog Talk Radio Network. Look it up, folks. We're also currently serving as a MUFON State Director of Kentucky and as a certified field investigator and a certified star team investigator. During Barry's festive time as a MUFON member, he has been previously Responsible as Director for Investigation Standards and Procedures, Assistant Star Team Manager, Certified SP Team Investigator, Assistant State Director Kentucky, State Section Director Kentucky, and Temporary Acting State Director North Carolina. Barry is also a full-time volunteer, assisting in the Director of the Historical and Famously Haunted Oregon Hall Museum in Franklin, Kentucky. The day, the day operations of museum tours, the upkeep needed of these historical buildings and grounds. He is also one of the hosts of the famed evening's novice ghost hunts held twice a month at the museum. And after that, a very long look in bio. Hi, let's say hi. <laughs> hi, Mark. Thank you so much for the introduction. We appreciate it greatly. I, I like the fact that you I, I follow most of what I cover. I cover... Um, Bigfoot, UFOs, conspiracy theories, paranormal. Now, um, in your investigations as a paranormal, paranormal investigations, have you ever been scared by a presence or a place that you've ever been in? Uh, well, uh, you know, one of the things that I always tell everybody about paranormal investigation, it's not what you see on TV all the time. And one of the biggest things about it is, Mark, is that of course, you're going to get, uh, you're going to have something that's going to happen to you. And to think that you haven't been run out of a place or seen something because 
when the fear of flight takes a hold of you, you're definitely going to get up and you're going to move. It's one of the things that you just you can't do, no matter how long you've been doing it. You know, yeah, I can sit there and watch them all the time, but when they surprise attack you, uh, I've had spirits run through you. I've had spirits run at me. Uh, you know, so uh, I've seen, I've had close encounters with uh, a Bigfoot, uh, UFO. <laughs> you know, when you have when you have the stuff that happens, you just kind of go, all right, uh, you got to regroup. I mean, because it's one of those things that you say, okay, let's back off of this thing for a second. So, of course, you're going to get scared. I mean, this is the real deal. I mean, uh, it is a dangerous field to be investigating. And uh, a lot of people don't give it the credit it actually is. But when you're out on the on the grounds, uh, picking up the dirt, you know, and smelling it all the time, yep, you're gonna you're gonna see things and you're gonna find things that are gonna that are gonna bother you, and your mind's not gonna sit right with it. So you know, yeah, it happen it happens. I like the fact you're very scientifically minded. So does that mean you thoroughly research something before you you go ahead and? Um... Uh, look into the subject. Well, one of the things that we do all the time, Mark, is research. And uh, even though I'm an investigator, I consider myself a researcher first. That's one of the big parts about the paranormal or anything we're going to do out here is that you really got to know what you're doing and you want to know everything you can about it. So you're going to research about the area. You're going to know what's happening. You're going to do everything that you can, what's been seen out here, what's been going on. And then if you're doing a ghost hunt and or something like that, and you're doing an investigation like that, and say it's a residential house, you want to know who's owned the property. You want to know what's been built there, what's happened there over the years. And we'll go back all the way back on property deeds and everything else to be able to get to know uh, who's been there. And also, and also it helps us a lot when you're sitting there and you're wanting to ask questions and you've got names of who has been on the property and everything else because not only could it be associated with the house but as we all know in the paranormal it could be associated with something that happened on the property a long long time ago especially over uh, across the pond over there where you're at you know golly i mean here we're only uh, a few hundred years old uh, over there you're thousands of years old so yes it, 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 it... I might, do you have a, such a thing as ley lines over there? I've always wondered. Oh, cause... yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have the magnetic ley lines, and, and they can be very active, and they can cause uh, a lot of anomalies. Plus, uh, this, we mentioned the Octagon Hall there for a second, and where I live out here is very close to the 37th parallel. So, and we all know that the 37th parallel... Uh, is one of the most active places around for some reason. And we have a lot of uh, cave systems here. Uh, Mammoth Cave, one of the seventh wonders of the world, is just a little bit north of us. And uh, there's cave systems run all through the area. There are uh, underground uh, waterford sheds, um, rivers, everything else is running underneath the ground. Uh, it goes through limestone, which also causes activity, and then you add the magnetic ley lines into there, and man, you've got a paranormal paradise. <laughs> yeah, because I found a lot of link. Not, I mean, I haven't done a scientific study, so I can't say I've done it that way. But I have found that when I've done a lot of research myself, when I've looked up ghosts and that, 
There is, is a sighting of a UFO or cryptid or paranormal event roughly all in the same area. Yes, correct. They, uh, you can have a UFO event and you can have cryptids in the same area. You can also have the hauntings in the same area. And what we think over here and, and what I'm doing is that it's all kind of intertwined. I mean, it is all intertwined because you can go on an investigation to a residential home and then they're going to talk about seeing a UFO. Uh, you know, shadow people are, if you're an abductee or you've had an experience with a, with a uh, UFO or an alien being of some sort, uh, what's the first thing you're going to see in your house? You're going to be able to see shadow figures. You're going to have orbs, light play, and uh, it all is it, it's all intertwined. So if uh, you don't take that into consideration, you're missing a big part of the puzzle. And you were talking about the scientific side of it. One of the things that we do is, you know, obviously we try to debunk. We try to uh, get an idea of exactly what's going on. We throw everything against it. We, we have a procedure that we want to do. And when you're on site, you're going to follow a certain regiment. You're going to do, you know, if we're doing a UFO case, we want to make sure we're dotting our eyes, covering our teeth. We're going to make sure that we have, if, we have, if it's physical evidence, we're going to collect that correctly. We're going to keep the chain of custody. We're going to do all those things uh, so that when the report goes in or else when we send a sample out, then we are doing everything to make sure that that is a pristine sample, only good sample to be able to, to have, and it will hold up in a court of law or scientific scrutiny. And I think that's very important because I, I, I got into cryptozoology. It is. Because I, I know a person, I don't know if you may have heard of him, called Jonathan Downs. I have heard of Jonathan Downs, yes. And don't I, know him personally, I know, but I have heard of him. Yeah, I know him very personally because I've helped him in the past. And he does uh, more or less the same. He is very thorough on what he does. And he obviously has done a lot of about cryptids and whatever. You've, you can see he's, done, he's wrote loads and loads of books. But he's probably one of the most renowned over this country, I would have thought. There is others. You have a lot of good investigators over yeah. there. Yeah, there's Cole Shulker is quite very good as well. He's very informative. And I know someone called Richard Freeman. He does a lot of um, expeditions to see about Orange Pendek and stuff like that. Right, he goes, yeah, he's, he's, he's taking it. He, he, he moves around the countries, doesn't he? He, does he actually goes on, on, on large field trips. Basically what we do and what I do is I cover the United States area. We, uh, we are home-based here in Kentucky, uh, but we'll travel outside of it. I just got back from uh, a UFO investigation in Illinois a week ago. Uh, last uh, in fact, Tuesday night, we were in uh, Indiana, almost out to Illinois near uh, Danville. Uh, doing a uh, paranormal investigation at a wonderful haunt called Willow's Weep. And it was very exciting, very, very great place. Looking forward to getting back there, and we're looking forward to reviewing all of our evidence because it was off the charts. It was really uh, an interesting place to be. Yeah, so that's why I, f I find that um, I'm using my research skills that I've learned when I was doing cryptozoology. And I was doing research for John about mystery cats, and I had to look up 
about that and I'll do a little bit about that. And I've used oh, that yeah. for my bit that I do for paranormal now. I use a little bit of knowledge. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of the times over here we have what we call Black Panthers. We have things that the government is basically saying, or the state says, no, we don't have any of those things in there. Um, I've been on sites before, and uh, the Atheon Hall is supposed to be a good one. Um, it's a 300-acre um, area with a lot of uh, activity there. But one of the things, you know, we'll put trap cams out and everything else, and we'll have Bigfoot activity there. We'll also have uh, cat activity, large cat activities. And I know over there on, on your side, you've had a lot of the a black panther or the black, black large cat sided also. Yes, especially down well, near me, down Bod, near Bodmin Bourne, places like Dartmoor. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people think it's to do with the, with the, the fact that they were released in 1976 because the Dangerous Animal Act was brought in. I believe that the cat does exist, but I think it's probably a hybrid by now because it's a, adapted to the English conditions. I don't think it's the original cat that was released. I don't believe that. Well, that's very that's very possible. One of the things that we, it almost goes into paranormal because it's very odd is that, uh, like I said, we've caught them on trap cam before. We've caught a cougar on trap cam before, but everybody says, nope, there's no cougars in your area. Uh, but they do run a 200-mile radius of where they, they are, so they can go a long way. And they're not always in the same area at the same time. So you may see one a month, and then you may not see them for another month and a half or so, and then you'll and then you'll see them come back through. But one of the things here is, you know, we had the traveling circuses and everything else, and at one time if something got loose or got out, obviously you're going to be able, you know, it's going to be surviving and it's going to try to survive. And then, of course, it's going to mix with something else to uh, continue. The number one thing about it is life and wanting to move forward. But one of the points that I wanted to make here is that there have been certain areas that they've been seen all the time, and they and they never see, but only, you know, it's always one cat. And uh, it's been around for 100 years. So at one point, you're kind of like going, okay, is there something, uh, you know, we're taking a look, a better look at these portals and everything else. So, is there actually a place that exists on our Earth or in certain areas that allows you to be able to step back in time or open a gate, which you can go to? Now, what happens if an animal is back in that time and is actually going through that gate and comes into your area? Could be. It's a big possibility. You know, we've all hearing a lot about portals. I know you hear about uh, portals and so forth over there. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, yes, it's an interesting theory because obviously we, you can look at... I can give you examples like Stonehenge. Now, Stonehenge, when you look at it, it's mathematically pointed to where the stars, where the sun rises and the moon goes down. Now, people... Don't understand. They always underestimate the intelligence of ancient man. They always think ancient man was a, an idiot who carried a spear around and just killed animals, and that was it. But I think we've, I think we've misunderstood them. I think we've under, misunderstood their intelligence. Well, you know, and I again, I'm going to 
100% because just look at some of the things that we have found, like the ancient, uh, can't think of the name of it right now, it starts with an A, but uh, gosh darn it. Uh, but we've had uh, almost like ancient computer systems. You know, they had ancient batteries in Egypt. They had all these things that are out there. And we, we're just thinking about, okay, they're rubbing two sticks together to make, make flames and everything else. No, they were pretty intelligent. And that answers another thing about the theory of how did they get that intelligent? That brings in that equation of, okay, were we visited? Was something given to us? Or was something uh, put in our DNA that made us different? You know, it's all that uh, wonderful questions that we all quest for. And we're all out looking for the answers for, isn't it? Yes, because I, I seriously believe that we have still retain a little bit of DNA in our brain from cavemen that helps us tap into cryptids and paranormal and that. Because ancient man had to be in tune with his environment. So he had to know everything. He had to know what everything was. Or he knew. Right. Yeah, that's what I believe. I mean, I can't. It's not scientific. Yes, that's I know scientifically I can't prove it, but I think it's an interesting theory to expand. Yeah, it is. And one of the things that I think you can prove is that in our body that we do have dormant DNA that does nothing. So we've either outgrown it or it's been a part of us, but it's just there. Now, what activates that DNA or what makes it active and what happens when it's activated in a person, does that make them different, a little bit different? Does that give them certain abilities? That's the big question, because we know scientifically that, yes, you can have dormant DNA sitting in our bodies that we don't know of. As a doc, the, the, the most interesting theory I've ever heard, I mean, you probably know it anyway, is that the aliens that we think are aliens are not actually aliens, but us visiting ourselves. Like like an advanced version of ourselves, coming back in time, just having a look to say, oh, that's what we look like. Yes, we have uh, heard of that theory, and uh, you know, it's as you say, there are so many theories out there, and what causes all these theories is that we really truly don't know. So what we're doing is, you know, as an investigator or as anyone doing these researches, and what I always tell people is that you've got to have an open mind as much as you can, but not not too open that your brain falls out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've got to back it up. You've got to look at the stuff uh, very, uh, as much as you can as scientific, but you also know that uh, there are things that just don't fit the scientific equation. So, yeah, so we're talking about time travel. You're talking about is it possible that you can be able to go forward and backwards in time? Very possible. So wouldn't you want to go back and uh, give warnings to your beings and say, hey, look, if you're going to destroy this planet, uh, you might not want to do this. You know, uh, don't end up like this or else, um, you know, it's very, very common. I I think a lot of people are. And then we also have the ability of the soul. You know, our soul is nothing but energy and it's always relearning and it's always doing it. It doesn't mean it 
uh, it stays on this planet? Is there other planes that we go on in other dimensions? Um, I think so. I think that there are different levels and other uh, dimensions that we can see. Now, the problem about them is, is when those dimensions decide to come close together. And it's kind of like a haunting or some of those things. You know, you can sit in homes and you don't see very much. And all of a sudden, once in a while, it comes together like that. And it kind of crosses and then it allows more activity. So it's a theory. It's a thought. And we all have to have them because that's what makes us go around. And that's how we're going to learn. And that's how we're going to be able to take, take the ability. If we all sat there and listened to uh, Joe over here say, this is the way it is that we're all just uh, puppets, you know, we're all just listening to Joe and it's all his idea. Well, what we have to do is we have to be able to think for ourselves, move forward, and always look for the, uh, the answers that we were seeking, you know. Uh, it's all about truth, you know. Truth is one of those things that it's hard, even if when you find truth, it's hard to get other people to believe it, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I've heard, and I don't know if it's, it's been written a lot about, that um, when they do an autopsy, there's like a 20 gram, I think it's 20 gram, difference in the body. They can't explain, despite all, you know, they've done all the weighing of the lungs and the heart and the brain and all the bits they do. And there's always a 20, I think it's a 20 gram difference, I'm not too sure. But there's a 20 grand difference. They cannot explain why this 20 grand difference, despite the, I know the human body disintegrates and you lose water and all that. Yeah, unfortunately, my conversion rate to grams and everything else is a little bit uh, off and rusty. But uh, I think over here we consider it to be a three ounces. So we're very, uh, grams, what, one ounce is... Uh, uh, 26 grams, right? Something like that. So it's, it's probably in that area, yeah. as I say. I, I, I can't say it's exactly because it changes from report to report, but it's within that realm. Right, exactly. And it's been, it has been proven that all of a sudden something happens to the body where it's released. Everything is, the fluids are out, everything else, but there's still a magical little thing that leaves us and goes elsewhere. And that's what we consider to be the soul, you know, or what I would consider to be the soul. Well, I believe it is. I, I seriously belief. believe it is is the soul. I mean, I, I used to work in care work, and uh-huh. unfortunately one day we had to go to a lady who was dying. And unfortunately we had to be there at our last moment of breath and all that. But you could physically feel as though something had left the room. I know that sounds odd, and people might be saying, oh yeah, you're talking rubbish. I didn't see nothing, I didn't hear nothing, but you could sense something. Yes. Um, I have been uh, around uh, a few people who have passed uh, while I was there. And you're right, and you also see some very strange things. You may feel an odd odd breeze. Um, I was with uh, my... uh, grandfather when he passed and uh, when I did I'll never forget it because it felt like something walked right through the room and there was a small little latch that went on the door and that that darn thing went around and around 
and then everything was done. It stopped immediately. So was that him? What caused that? What was that energy? I don't know. But, you know, and being there, you can't feel that. And then if you speak to a lot of people that have uh, NBEs or near-death experiences, so uh, they, they talk about being able to sit back, look at their body, and seeing themselves drift away or pull away. It's funny you, you know, brought up about near-death experiences because I have had one. That is yeah, true. It's, it's kind of, uh, I have two, and, but you also have the same thing and consider it with astral projection. Also, it's almost the same type of thing where you're actually physically leaving your body and projecting it elsewhere. Mine was, I, I didn't project my body, but I, I was in a coma for f- three weeks. Mm-hmm. And during, when I was in a coma, I heard a woman's voice that I had not heard before or since telling me to wake up. And I had an overwhelming need to wake up. Now, I seriously uh, believe that was my guiding angel or spirit guide. I know there's medical evidence about the brain and all that. And also, I know for a fact that when I was in my coma, I was either in the real world or the other realm. That's why I like to call myself AKA Ghostman. For those three weeks, I didn't exist on this planet. I wasn't here. Sure. I'm sure you heard the same thing of many people yes. in my coma. Yes, I've heard it through many people, and, you know, uh, a coma, a lot of times they can hear who, what's going on in the, in the room, and then other times it's a deeper coma, you know, and one of the things that is unusual about the human body is, is that we uh, have what we consider to be a uh, conscious mind, and then we have what is called the subconscious mind. Now, the sub the conscious mind moves very slowly and goes. Now, the subconscious mind, which is maybe and remembers everything, it may be attached to the soul even, uh, because that is what you're talking to when these people go to regressions and everything else. They're going deep into the sub-subconscious mind. And that is where this all the stuff is stored. And at that point, it's like a supercomputer because you're, everything is just being brought in against you. I mean, everything is just pouring in there and you're remembering it all. While the conscious mind doesn't, doesn't act that fast. You know, just imagine having a, uh, a, a small computer versus a gigantic IBM mega uh, computer and all the information you can suck into that with thousands of gigs of RAM. Yeah, I know for a fact that our brain only sees the world how we perceive it because you may perceive your world a different to the way I perceive my world and uh, that can be also true and I'm not going to argue with that because uh, everyone has their own uh, if you will destiny and they all beat to that one drum Uh, but I also believe that we are all here to be as one and if we function as one, just kind of like in the, uh, by whether you're religious or not, you know that if more than one or two people are working for the same goal or trying to manifest something, then chances are you can move those mountains. That's what you can do. You can create your own uh, physical things. So it's all depending on the strength you have and the power in numbers 
And a lot of times, you know, going to Ocean Abductee, uh, you know, over here in the States, we're always talking about, you always hear the catchphrase as uh, disclosure and all that stuff. But uh, dealing with as many abductees that I, that I have dealt with, I always look for the abductees to be able to give us a disclosure. And the more that you bring together, and the more that you talk with and everything else, because they all have a certain gift, and they're all given a certain thing. And as they work together, and you pile together, and they all become one, then what do you have? You have a force that is being able to control And I think that scares a lot of people. Do you think, I, I mean, as I say, that I, I think that God is like an energy force. And like you said, our energy joins him like a hive. Now, I think, like what you said, perhaps we have a hive-like brain that we don't realise we've got. That, that if we join together, like a, like you said, and we all think, like, just say for argument's sake, we wanted to stop a war. And everybody joined together and say, right, we've had enough. That's it. Yes. And everybody was against it. I think, right. I'm not saying... That's just an example, but I think the perfect example. No, I've got a perfect example. Remembrance Day, right? We all stand quiet for two minutes in the world, right? Most people respect right. it, right? Now we all join in this one fault of respect, whatever, whichever side. I mean, I think I think it's important to respect both sides because the innocents died both sides. And I think people forget that. We, for just two minutes in the world, we are all united. I think it's a fantastic feat. If I was an alien, I'd be really impressed. If I just looked down at that moment, I'd be thinking, <laughs> exactly. wow. Exactly. I could agree 100% with you. And it's the same thing with, uh, if you take it to the smallest thing that you see a lot, um, and let's talk about prayer. All right. You get two, three, four, five people coming along and praying about one thing and whether it is a divine intervention or whether it is the force of those people's collective minds working to do something we have known in the past that there have been people that have been cured from diseases and cured from things that doctors have no medical explanation for it at all and a lot of times it's because of people coming together and manifesting that goodwill and that good stuff to be able to heal or benefit that person. And I think that's a great thing. And, you know, as we all try to go there, and, and I kind of look at it as we're all trying to get to the Godhead, if you will, because we were all created in his image, supposedly, if that's what uh, you are, and that's what I uh, believe in. So obviously we have the ability to do the same things that he has. It's just getting us out of this vessel and continuing to work with it is and opening your mind to the part of doing it. And you've seen yogis throughout the world do it. You've seen all kinds of different type of things. Uh, so why can't we all just work together with it, be able to move it forward? and have it there. It's a very interesting theory, and I'd love to be able to put that to scientific scrutiny to see what would happen. Yeah, I think you should. <laughs> I think it would be worth looking into. Now, I'm, I am do, I believe in British Bigfoot. I don't know if you've heard of British Bigfoot or know of British oh, Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we, we've heard of Bigfoot and, uh, you know, uh, uh, all kinds of different, there are different kinds of cryptids over here. We have, uh, uh, we have Lizard Man, we have Sheep Squash, which has the head of a sheep. We have the Dog Man, which is almost, or a Wolf Man type creature that is a bipedal uh, animal that is uh, has a, the size and the strength of a Bigfoot, but is at the same time uh, more... Uh, canine looking as far as the facial features are concerned. So. I, I talked to someone the other day about werewolves. Ian mm-hmm. Michael Wood is called. And he he has told me he's had proper been up close and personal with them. He seriously believes that he has uh, he's got photographs and information and he's ex-military, so I wouldn't, dis- you know, I wouldn't say he's one of those people that he would dismiss thoroughly. <coughs> and he was an interesting man when they interviewed him. He came across quite lucid, and you know, I know people would think, "Oh, yeah, he's mad as a box of frogs," you know, because he's talking about werewolves. Yeah. But like I said to him, every myth or legend that we know of, vampires werewolves they all have an element of truth somewhere along the line so right i was just going to add to that too that's what i was going to say to you somewhere in our folklore somewhere in our <coughs> thing there's always that real small piece of truth that has always existed and we know that uh werewolfism is considered to be lycanthropy and lycanthropy was a well-known disease, and I'm sure you've heard it uh, over there a lot. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, there's there's basis for all these facts and all these things. And there are people to this day that have, that grow extensional facial hair all over their bodies, do all kinds of different things like this where they almost have the wolf features, even though they are not considered to be a feral creature like a wolf, and they're actually human that have these things. And, you know, it's, and unfortunately, they spend most of their time as freaks in the freak shows or uh, something like that. You know, we've seen them all through our past. I watched a documentary about once about a man in America who was studying about giants. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, we're very... That's another thing that we're very big into because over here in the cave systems and everything else, and one of the things that we have known, excuse me, I'm going to mute my mic for a minute while I cough. Thank you. I apologize for that. But, That's okay. Uh, yeah, as we were saying, uh, the giant theory, uh, we have been... Uh, here there are places that um, we have looked up that have actually bones and bodies have been found of giant human beings. Here in Kentucky, just south of me, uh, in Simpson County, uh, there was a, a body that was found and recovered that was uh, nine feet tall, had the head of uh, large enough to be able to put another human skull like our skull inside of it and had two rows of teeth. And it was uh, buried up and we've continued to look for those. And you go back to the Palo Indians and everything and they're talking about some of these um, 
giant uh, creatures that were there. And here we have mounds, uh, Indian mounds and so forth, and uh, they have found several of them um, in, this, in this country that uh, are definitely typically large creatures that are uh, large-boned and, uh, if you will, giants. Yes, so, I think, yes, I think, I'm trying to say it a bit politely, but because we have people that are considered dwarfs, like people under five foot, four foot, and we have people who are considered giants, if you like your basketball players, so it's seven foot tall. Right, right. Now, I'm wondering if we have, that was a byproduct of, the giantism and the dwarfs and the fairies and the whatever you know that they they this this is the their byproduct to us you know when they've intermixed with us and this is their yes. byproduct yeah well even if you go back into uh modern times and just, just look at and you've heard someone uh uh la mazuli and so forth talks about the nephilim uh, in Bible, or what were they? Giants. Uh, what uh, they do, you know, you've got Goliath, gigantic being. Um, so, uh, angels that came down from heaven, there were large people that had mystical powers that mated and found the female uh, body in there. They loved their hair, they loved everything about them. And uh, they procreated. So that means that, yes, we had a mix at some point or other. And in some places, they say, okay, the reason why the flood was is to be able to eradicate that kind of uh, line and to be able to bring back the true, uh, the true line. But now, did they get everyone? We don't know, do we? No, that's why I, I, lo I love the feud of cryptids because it's such a wonderful vast array and people keep forgetting like people keep thinking that old oh, strange animals are just like like the dinosaurs or Loch Ness Monster or whatever but we are finding new animals on our planet all the time and that's what I find that that is cryptozoology as well people don't think it is but it is sure I mean I mean look at how vast it is here I, I don't know um I was uh born in uh, West Virginia. West Virginia is a, it doesn't have one square mile of flat land. There is places that I can guarantee you that you could walk and there might not have been somebody that's walked in it in a hundred years or there may be never been able to walk through it. There are vast parts of it in this world that are unexplored and undoing. Even if, even though we are here in the United States and there's areas out here, there's areas that people don't go to. You know, and even if you were, who knows what's there or what you may see. You know, and that's why we are finding these different uh, uh, animals out here that uh, show up that we say, oh, there's never been a large gorilla. All of a sudden, boom. Uh, someone uh, goes into this area, and what do they find? Large gorillas. You know, so there's all kinds of this opportunity to do it. It's just going and getting it out. You know, look at what's down below the ocean. Uh, the most unexplored area to me is the ocean, wouldn't you say? Yes, I agree. Who there. 
knows? Who we knows know, we know less there? about the ocean than we do about the moon. You know more yes, about the moon. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we know more about the moon than we do our bottom of our oceans. And you know, so what's the possibilities of uh, finding these things? They're just—it's vast. So, I think uh, I think know, I heard somewhere. The didn't they find? Didn't they find a, a fish once that was supposed to be non-existent for twenty thousand years, or something like yes. that? Yes. Yeah. Well, just look at the gigantic squid. You know, no one ever thought that there was a gigantic squid. You know, and you know, you hear about these uh, back in Christopher Columbus days or the old. Uh, people that were exploring the earth and they were going across the oceans and what did they always have they talk about the kraken they talk about all these large creatures with large tentacles you can wrap them sink boats do all this kind of stuff then what happens Uh, we find a gigantic uh, squid that looks just like what they're talking about doesn't it yes I think they probably would have they would have looked at it and thought, My God, this is a real monster. They would exaggerated it a little bit. I don't mean that offensively, but you know, what I mean, it's yeah, like you catch a right. fish, it's not three feet for it's eight foot four, you know, what I mean, oh, yeah, sure, sure, exactly. It's like going, you know, the more the story goes, you catch a fish like this, and by the time you tell it to 15 people, it was that big, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think it was intentional. I think that's what happens. It's like everything. Every book or ancient book you've ever read, it's always not meant to be exaggerated, but a little bit. Even the Bible is slightly exaggerated a little bit because every story has been told and then told, retold and retold again, then retold again, then again and again. Right, it's the same theory that you go with when you have someone sitting across from you and you, say, if you get a chain of 30 people involved and I tell them I whisper you something and you turn around and whisper the same thing to them and by the time you get to the end of the line, it's going to be 100% different than what it was when it started with me. And you think to yourself, and that's your, that's your example you give to people, how things, you've got to go back, when you go back and do your scientific research, you have to go bit, 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 every, for, for every little bit they've said. I think, where's the, the connection? Right. And that's one of the reasons why we're, right now, you know, we've got digital recorders. We're recording everything. So we can actually make transcripts of what's happening. So we have it all there in front of us. You know, uh, the days of just going out and uh, uh, sniffing the dirt are still here because we are doing that but it's refined itself a hundred times so it's a lot better excuse me well that's important isn't it as you as you said before i think it's something we've just learned to do because even the paranormal world is getting more and more scientific now than it ever was before of course and 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 that's the way it is and that's how we are able to you know as if you're going to uh, a long time ago, we would say scientists, or you have the, the theory of evolution, or you have Einstein, and everything else, and that's what everybody, they say, okay, this is the way it is. Well, and they teach that to you, they drill it into your head, but all of a sudden, you make a change and you find it's different, 
then what are you doing? You're cracking an egg that somebody has been taught their whole life about, you know, and one of the amazing things, and I'll give you an example of that, um, we deal with so many abductees uh, that when an abductee is, you know, they're told, okay, this doesn't exist, they're living their life the way that they want to live it, they're just having a fantastic time, all of a sudden something unusual and totally out of the ordinary happens to them. And then it is a crisis in their life. And I'm telling you that it is such a revelation to them that everything in their body goes, I've been lied to all my life. What is really real? What is going on? What's happening? And they challenge all of that. And it becomes highly traumatic highly you changed your whole idea I mean you've lived so much of your life and believing in one thing and all of a sudden something happens to you that goes wow that was real I saw that that changes you in that manner you know it's just like if you were doing an investigation and I'm doing an investigation and so forth and, and we happen to see something that we cannot wrap our minds around. We continually try to, don't we? We are always. So what happens to an abductee or what happens to the people that have these experiences? They go and they start researching. Unfortunately, they go to the Internet. They go to a lot of the stuff where the information is more disinformation. Um, there are people out there that don't know a darn thing, but they're going to tell you that they do. You know, and they're going to mislead you and everything else. And the biggest part about it is, is that you do not want to be dis, uh, you don't want to have any disinformation and you don't want to be deceived. You need to work on that perfect way. And that's the way that you have to work. You know, deception and everything else, because people are trying to force us into other corners and to force us to believe other things. You know, that's the whole thing of social conditioning. You know, we have it over here, you have it over there. You know, they oh, are I've got a big theory about that one. To be able to do that. My you theory know? is that we've been controlled through the um, uh, you, what do they call when you perceive something that isn't real, real, like um, oh, I've forgotten the word now. Uh, da, 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 da. You know when people think when you go to a park, you look at a kid playing in a park. And you, 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 you think, oh, I was that kid once. But you don't want to stay around because you think people think you're, you, you may be perverted. Now, right, you're gonna be a pervert. You're gonna be labeled that or whatever because that's the way the society is gone. Yeah. You can't look at somebody. You can't go up and say, oh, here, here's. Oh, hey, by the way, I have a sucker in my pocket. Would you like one? They're gonna think that you're trying to duck that kid. <laughs> Political correctness. That, that was the word I was thinking of. Yes. And it's controlled a lot through comedy. Now, people think, oh, what do you mean? But I think I'm going to give it perfect examples. Now, during the 70s, you had comedies like Carry On, and we had a lot of comedies that are considered racist now. But I don't think they were as racist as people think they were. I think if they looked at the comedy properly and actually watched the comedy instead of judging it by its merits, they would have seen the character gave back as good as they got in most cases. Yes. Well, well, you know, it's the thing that you're dealing with the sensitive part with people and what they do 
is they, that they get to the point where, you know, and comedy is supposed to be laughed at and looked at and, and, and experimented with. But what, what happens is, is that the political correctness or whatever we're going through right now this determines that this is the way we're going to think and this is the way that it is. So if it's like this, I'm smoking a cigarette. Over here, I, I might as well, I can't even smoke in a restaurant. When I was younger, I could smoke in an airplane, I could smoke in an office, I could smoke everywhere. Okay, now I'm only allowed to smoke in my darn house, you know, or maybe in my truck. But if I go into the restaurant and I want to enjoy a meal or a beer or, or a nice uh, dinner and want to have a relaxing smoke afterwards, I can't do that. Because why? I'm considered some kind of criminal because I smoke. Exactly. I mean, well, I, 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 I just think it, it, it's almost like, I know people keep referring to um, George Orwell's book, 1984, yeah, that's right. And how it, 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 how we, um, it's an example of the, what political correctness gives in, in the book, virtually how the, the state controls how you think and whatever. I think the book wasn't a prediction, didn't predict the future. I think he thought, when he wrote it, he thought, oh, this is what could happen. And yes. he was theorising. And now people look back at it and think, oh my God, his theory is quite correct. But, you know, it's like this. It's Big Brother watching you. But, you know, what we were talking about earlier about people's minds getting together, you can get good people together, you can get evil people together. And if they're control hungry, or if they're power hungry, or if they're uh, cash hungry, uh, they're not going to let go of that. So what do they do? The, that collective gets together, and they force the other ones to do what they want to do because they don't want it to go. Do we do we have free energy today? Yes, probably. Are we using it? No. Why would that be? Because we are at one point obviously going to be uh, getting into somebody's pocket that doesn't want that to happen. You know, so. These are the things that we go through. It's just like in history, as we all know history. You know, uh, we deal with the Civil War over here and some of the uh, fallacies that go with that, or the war between the states. But you know what it really is? The victors are the people who write history. Exactly. So if they, yeah. that doesn't mean that they're going to tell you the truth, but they're going to teach you what they want you to believe. And that's what we are. We're a society that is being taught by people that, are, that doesn't let you use your mind, doesn't want to know the truth. So if you're trying to fine-tune somebody into a patty, you know, and make them this certain way, and it, it is, it, over all the years, through all these years, through the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and 80s, We've become really good at it. There are people that are good at it. And so now what do we have? We have a society of people that will go inside, go home, turn on the tube, uh, and sit there and watch what's going on and eat everything that's being told with a spoon. Now, is that kind of people that you want to become? No, I I think we are. I think yeah. the more I think it's like this general data protection thing that's come in. 
Now I used to do yes. a lot of re- I, lo- I used to find loads of research on all my subjects. I did so I could read it up and do bits and pieces. But now it's yeah. become really, really difficult. Right, and if you do find it, you know we always talk about the you know even in the paranormal world or the people that are we have investigators out there that are we consider to be boots on the ground investigators who are actively actively going out and doing investigations hitting the pavement going out and looking at it and then you have the different type of investigator the guy who sits at home in a chair that watches the videos and looks at everything else and sees a picture of something that he doesn't understand but the first thing he's going to tell you is oh that's cgi that's fake he doesn't know if it's fake or not, but he's going to tell you that. But if you start telling people that it's fake, the next thing you know, what's happened? The next guy that says it hears it, you said it's fake, it's going to become fake. So you take a picture that is this way, and a lot of paranormal people and a lot of people that are like myself, why do you want to scrutinize yourself to that guy? And it's the only thing it is. It's just a guy who's sitting in a chair, an armchair investigator, who thinks that he knows it all, not going out investigating, not seeing anything, but turning it around to become what they want it to become. Oh, I never this do that. I, I, if I share something and someone comes back and says, oh, no, this is fake, I say, oh, thank you. Because I, I, exactly I, I won't stay either way because I'm not scientifically minded enough to say enough either Well, way. if you really want to know, you go out and, you know, and they say there's programs and on the internet that you can look at and say, oh, this is fake and everything else. Yeah, there's also programs you can put a fake person in it. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. But take it to a lab. Have it analyzed. Photography has been going on forever. You know, uh, that is exactly what it is. It's either in the picture or it's not in the picture. You know, and then what happens is people will say, oh, well, you took the picture, but you didn't really see it but it appears in the photo afterwards. So that's got to be a bug or something else like that. Well, that's their conception, and that's what they are forcing onto you. Well, if you really want to know, take that original piece of information, get it to somebody in the field of photography that analyzes this stuff and let them look at it. Then you're going to be able to hear him say, okay, I can't tell you what that is. Because I don't know, but it's definitely on the film, and there it is. So, you know, it's something that you want to look at. It's something well, that happens. It's interesting but you brought up about history. It's become a society that wants to just have people, you know, look at the social media sites and everything else. Golly, you got people that are arguing and everything else, and you got people that, I mean, it's just like the energy out here right now is just horrendous, you know? Uh, I want to talk about so and so, and I want to make you know I don't like him, and uh, yeah. so uh, well, uh, you, you make I, him into a bad person, and what is he? He may not be the bad person, but you've made him into one because you've got to justify what you've done. Now, so, the other day, you, I had an interesting discussion. I don't mean this to be offensive anyway. I don't mean sure. to offend anyone. Now, don't take this the wrong way. Now, I think your president. Mr. Trump learned a lot from the rhetoric of Adolf Hitler. Not the way he did the bad things, but the way he was able to talk to the people and all, and 
tap into how they thought and and then use that for his benefit. Now I don't mean it. I don't mean it nastily. A lot of people think, "Oh, I just say no." You think of it. This man inspired a whole nation to rebel. I don't agree with what he did. Don't don't get me wrong. But you've got to look back, and, and you've got to think. This is. I think a lot of people use him as a way of thinking. Oh yes, we could use that kind of rhetoric. Obviously not to that full extent, but the way he was able to memorize a crowd. Sure, exactly. Well, guess what? You know, uh, and you hit the nail on the head. It's been going on for years and years and years. You know, it's no different. You can't, a, a politician or all these people are all working for either large manufacturing companies are doing all this stuff. You've got people that are backing them and wanting them to do this certain thing, and I've got to scratch your back. You've got to do this. You know, it's not just anything that's all this way. And it doesn't matter who you are. It depends on what the other people say about you. So when when those people decide to be negative and push and push and push, then then what happens is you're going to have a division. You're going to have people that are going to go, this is what I believe, this is what I believe. And what happens is that crack in the ground gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you're driving us all apart and insane. But it's been going on, you know, for thousands of years. Political mentions, you can say that about Obama, you can say that about Nixon, you can say that about Kennedy, you can say that about everything, because what happens? They come around, they speak, they do the things that they need to do, and people buy into that program. Uh, you know, I'm a, I gotta tell you something. I like Trump. You know, you guys might not over there, I, I don't mind him too bad. Uh, he's, uh, that's just my opinion. Doesn't mean that I, I don't respect your opinion either. But because of the fact is that that's, that's what makes the world go round. These people are, you know, Obama did the same thing. Choice, this, that, you know, and all this stuff. Everybody has a gimmick. Everybody has something to push for. And then the bad thing about it is the other people have their agenda also. So they're fighting against it. And what do they do? The loudest, squeakiest wheel gets the grease, doesn't it? You know, so it's all a bunch of bull crap that we ought to not be worrying about. But what we need to do is straighten it all up, work in the one direction it is, and get everybody the same treatment all the time. And it's no different than what we deal with investigations. We have people that have egos. We have people that have all this stuff. And they will tell you that they're the best, or they're this, or they're this. The idea of it is, is that you just got to get out and you got to do it. The proof's in the pudding. The proof is what you can do and where you're going to take it. And stand strong and always strive for the truth because you can't deny the truth. That's one thing that doesn't change. You know, the truth never changes. No, uh, and I was going to give you an example of what you said earlier about how history has changed. Now, there was a program over here on Channel 4 about female disciples. And how they got written out the Bible, because oh, yeah. by uh, an emperor, I think it's Constantine or something like that. 
Anyway, basically, he didn't like women, so he basically wrote them out completely. Two hundred years, two hundred thousand years ago, I think he wrote them out because he didn't like women. Yeah, three hundred sixty-four of the Council of Nicaea, Constantine puts together a whole bunch of people. They get together and they decide what's going in and out of the Bible. So they take the Bible apart, they take the Gnostic texts, they take the ones that they want in there, and they make the Bible. Bible made for man by man. Okay? A lot of different theories. All right? But that's what they did. The Bible that we currently use, that's what Constantine did. Now, Constantine was a pagan, but saw the benefits of the Christian belief. That's why we don't know when, you know, Christ's birthday, it's December 25th, it's actually a pagan holiday. Okay? Mm-hmm. Cassidy was a pagan. That's what he wanted to be. That's, that's what he wanted the virtue to be. That's what it is. You know? And those are the things that we are... But, you know, if you look back at it, truthfully, we're not too uh, worried about when Christ was born. It's his death and what his death meant. And what it gives you and what it offers you to the Christian belief. That is the difference. So, you know... Uh, everything changed when he died because he offers something to people. Yes, uh, I mean, I think it's one of the greatest beliefs most systems have, whatever religion you'd like to believe in, that they all believe in one higher being and that they're going to come back or go to heaven or a whatever heaven that is. Uh-huh. And I, 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 I think that Christ was like originally like a like a a prophet like um you can't like people if he was on television today just for argument's sake he would be like marketed to death they would find a like a way of putting a toy on him or a happy meal or you know what i mean yeah, exactly. you, you, you know what i'm saying you know but back then he it, it was easier just to say what did he say? Oh, that's very interesting. Sure. Well, you know, the one thing that I that I truly believe in, and I see it every day, is that there is good and there is evil at work in this world. So, I believe you cross over one time. Now, that soul or that spirit we talked about, that three ounces or whatever that uh, 20 grams weight is, goes somewhere where we do not know where it goes uh, to the religious uh, ones, the Christians, they say you're asleep in Christ, I believe that there's people that come by here and doing the paranormal and everything else, I talk to dead people all the time and I do see them and there's something going on in this world that is uh, a veil has been lifted to certain people and so does that mean that you can't come back into life and everything else, but then the the bottom part of the Bible or the, the ending part is, is that when and if it gets down to the point when Christ comes back, then all that stops, right? You only have one or two places you can go. You can't come back and live your life over. You can't come over here and try to become whatever. You have a choice. You're going to be judged. This is a judgment day, all right? And in that judgment day, there comes the day of, all right, you're either going to go to Door one or door two. Lake of Far. <laughs> yeah, that Lake of Far, or you're going to go to the good place. So, uh, at that point, after that, anything that your soul is doing or anything else, you don't have that option anymore. 
So, you know, think of it that way. A scary think thought, though, that. isn't it? Because you may think you've had a good life, but then you may be like, oh, back in 1956, you did this, and that may mean like a black mark on you. Like, like, like you know, like when you get a book, you write a book, and you reveal your life story, people think, oh, Barry did this. Yeah. I didn't know he did oh, that. Oh, sure. Well, you know, people change throughout their life and they become a better person when they try to strive for that. And hopefully they, they all do. But, you know, that's that's the things that are uh, of what goes on. And lessons are learned every time. The, the biggest part that I look at it when we're, we're talking about something like this is it all comes down to free will. You know, we all have free will. That was the greatest gift that was ever given to man. Uh, if we were created by the alien, whatever we were created by, free will is something that you do not want to give up. And there are so many people that do give it up, you know, and, and in any certain way. Uh, excuse me, getting on a cough. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, Barry. But of course, if you talk a lot and you're, uh, you get dry, you're going to have the same problem also. But anyway, uh, it's it's all the type of situations that uh, are going around. You know, uh, we work and we live in a, a mystical, magical world. You know, and uh, I'm just happy that we get to investigate, and I'm out of something that I'm being able to look for. Um, and find interesting things that we can try to prove and to see exactly what is happening. You know, we're talking about, um, I sent you a video today on the Octagon Hall Museum. That's one of the places in my bio that you mentioned that we uh, work at and everything else. It's a great place. It's a Civil War history. It's full with all of it. But guess what? There's so, there's so much tons of tragedy there, so many things. There is definitely something left there. It's become an interesting place. There is something going on there that is uh, outstanding. You know, when you have the death of 9,000, you have 9,000 people that were there. A lot of them died. You had 5,000 Union soldiers that came in there and ran amok. And then you have... The, you were mentioning the ley lines, and you had the 37th parallel to it, and you had sightings of Bigfoot, UFOs, uh, cryptids, uh, big cats, anything like that, and then the things that just don't make sense. I mean, uh, you're sitting out there, and all of a sudden, wham, something happens, or you think the, uh, something comes out of nowhere, and you watch it happen, and you go, wow, did, that, did, did a door just open? Did we just see that? What the heck? And try to wrap your mind around that and then try to go out and look at it. And chances are you're going to be going, do I really want to walk through that? Because what happens if I go somewhere that I don't know I can come back to? Would you like to give any links to listeners where they could find your show or look you up? Or... Oh, sure. Sure. Well, you know, uh, where you can find uh, Into the Far, we have that every Tuesday night. It's at... Uh, 8 uh, p.m. Uh, Central Time, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific. Um, it's broadcast all over the world. Uh, blog Talk Radio is a great place. Uh, it's uh, blogtalkradio.com at 
back uh, forward slash into the FAR. Uh, Night Stalkers Paranormal Research is available on Facebook. We're currently redoing our uh, website, but we'll be having that up. So, but you can find us uh, through our Facebook page at uh, Night Stalkers Paranormal Research. Uh, also, we have uh, the Octagon Hall Museum. Uh, it is on Facebook as the Octagon Hall Museum. Great haunt. You can come and uh, tour it, view it. Uh, the website is octagonhallmuseum.com. Tells you a little bit about it. You can actually book investigations there on it. You can also book a novice hunt, be able to come down and hunt with uh, myself and uh, uh, other professional uh paranormal investigators for an evening they, they have we call it the novice hunts because there are teams that come and they do it all the time and they hunt there and we've had several teams come into the house but there's also the people that are not exposed to it and would like to have a paranormal experience so what we offer is we offer a time where we get together seven o'clock we'll go to about three o'clock in the morning and we actually physically take you along on a ghost hunt and we let you do everything to help you and hopefully you'll have a paranormal experience which is very cool and uh, you know a lot of people have them uh, so it's 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 interesting I like that idea I, uh, I, 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 if I could do a virtual one I would yeah and, and you can also get me uh, I'm known as the Kentucky Truth Seeker uh, you can get me uh, at uh, uh, on Facebook as Barry Gaunt uh, on the Facebook page uh, A.K.A. the Kentucky Truth Seeker. Um, MUFON uh, is a mutual UFO network. It's the largest network. It's all it's over all the country and and world. We have an international division. We also have uh, a uh, stateside, fifty state area uh, that uh, handles uh, UFO reports. Uh, one of the uh, premier places to be able to make a report. And to be able to study UFOs, we have great investigators that work on them every day and, and get this stuff out. And uh, you can become a member of that. You can also go to the website. The website is uh, MUFON, M-U-F-O-N, uh, dot com. It stands for the Mutual UFO Network. Yeah, I, I'm a member of MAPIT. Have you heard of MAPIT? M-A-P-I-T? Uh, Manchester and something. I'll give you the link to it. Because they do a lot of UFO study as well. Because I've interviewed the man behind it as well. I do loads of interviews. To people of interest. I, I try to find people that I like to know a little bit more. Have you ever Have you got a book or considered doing a book? Or? Well, I've had a lot of people ask me to do books. <laughs> what want me to do a book? And uh, if I ever get tired of doing what I'm going to do and I want to be a little bit more lazy and don't want to be out there, I think I'm going to try to write a book. <laughs> I've heard it's a lot harder than people give it credit for. That is one of the things that I've heard also. Uh, but um, I think there's some people out here that we, we could uh, uh, definitely team up with and work with that would help somebody like me to be able to do something like that. And uh, hopefully someday that may happen. I always tease about it because uh, uh, I've already got the title for the book. It will be called The Bare Naked Truth. <laughs> I like that, yeah. 
Yeah, you may have to be a bit careful over certain countries that they might not. Yeah, they might. <laughs> That's true. You might think you've got, yeah. I don't know, oh, exotic, exotic, erotic thriller here or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. I'd like to thank you for being on my show. Well, Mark, it was a pleasure. I'm glad to be able to do it. And, uh, maybe sometime that uh, I can reciprocate, I'd love to have you on my show. Oh, uh, yes, and, uh, no we problem. Talk just talk about paranormal, we'll talk about the same things. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I'm so glad to be over uh, in... Uh, in the UK and uh, great people, great investigators, everything all over the world, and it's just great to be a part of it. And I'm glad to be able to share some of the knowledge and the information that we talked about today. It's awesome. And I'd like to do a little sign off for you, Barry. I do this for everybody, so do not be d- afraid or despair. Everybody gets the same treatment, so this is my little sign off to you, Barry. Thank exactly. you for being on my show. It was nice chat, you know. I liked oh, what we cool. said and what we talked about. It was a great debate, you know. So thank you from yes. the British guy that you know. Ta-ta. Yeah.